You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey everyone, it's Raz. Welcome back to another episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. Um, Yeah, I'm going to be doing the intro by myself real quick. This uh, episode was actually really pretty long for us, and we decided to split it. So you're picking up conversationally where we left off after Vadim and Ella had said good evening to each other, good night on the deck of the Drenna. Uh, going into day seven of the cruise, we wanted to show the passage of time here with this a little bit and give you some of the things that were being talked about or bantered about by the crew over the few days. Some people were working on some skills. That added a couple of points here and there. We like to use the downtime in the story to do this, but I also didn't want to just say, say oh, well, two weeks later and this horrible thing happens. The buildup was important, and we need to, you know, sometimes you need to let the characters just kind of breathe and talk, so that was sort of my idea for this. Uh, don't worry, the action's coming, and it's definitely odd, some odd stuff here that we recorded. It was some interesting uh, pieces to the puzzle, if you will. But f- enough from, from me for now. Uh, just wanted to say hello, welcome back to the show, and uh, hope you enjoy this one. We'll see you next week. All right. I want to finish up the two conversations that I was hoping to get to. So everybody had a chance to kind of have a, a, a an initiator and a replier. And there's two people that have yet to initiate. And one of them is Jack. And me. Jack. I have no idea and, what you're talking and you. about. And I'm not yes. saying a damn thing. Right. My rotten soldier. Um, so, yes. He's my rotten soldier. It's one of my favorite quotes of the summer. You're my rotten soldier. My good time boy. My good time boy. <laughs> Lauren, would you... Uh, Let's make one more roll for weather. Uh, this will be day seven. What do we got for day seven, if you would, wouldn't mind, Stotts? That's a ship sinking. No, I'm joking. You didn't roll ah! it. 40, 44. I knew clear, it. Clear skies and swells again. So it's pretty much staying in that that weather pattern of just a lot of wind coming off. You know, yeah, captain's day of like, rain. Yeah. yeah, day of rain. It's like this is normal. There's nothing to be worried about. We've lashed everything. Everything's good. The, we're doing actually the the only thing this does is burn a little more fuel because uh, we're getting a headwind, which means it's you know. But we're not in any shape or way or form and running out. We carry you know sixty tons or forty tons of freaking coal for the steam for the steam engine. Um, yeah, it's it's just. It just yeah. means that when you're out of the deck, you look like you're from, you know, you're Kate Winslet in Titanic. You're just getting a lot of blow. You know, you're getting that, that, that thing. Joel, put your air conditioner back on. We'll be able to hear it more. The, uh, <laughs> that sound, we'll just amplify it. Um, Jack, it's, it's night of the 7th. It's about 8 p.m. Everyone's kind of breaking off, and the cook is there, and you, you and Faye kind of just start picking up dishes, right? With your breeding and background, it's something you probably never had to do in your life. Uh, unless it was at a campsite, you know, and that was probably China that you had someone pack can, up for can you. We get bring some, can we get some people to pick these up, please? <laughs> Let's not forget the salt and pepper shakers. Last time father was very upset. <laughs> Those were silver. They were mamas. Mamas. Um, so you and Faye are just kind of, you're on KP, just helping out. And again, these are little chores that you can do for the crew to show an appreciation. Um, yes, you paid your way on. Yes, there were things that you did, but. It's still a, a boat is pretty much everybody's kind of a family and they do their, you know, everyone helps out here and there. Faye, you, you and Faye are just stacking dishes in the dishwasher. One of the, the deckhands, he's actually washing dishes, but you guys are cleaning off, wiping down the tables and stuff. You and Faye find yourself just kind of laughing and joking around. 
um, you know, making jokes about, you know, probably Ella, you know, up on the deck again today and writing it in a notepad frantically and doing all this other stuff. But is there anything by the sea voodoo voodoo by the on the ocean? Uh, Is there anything Jack would feel compelled to speak to Faye about or ask Faye about at this time? You know, I don't know. I mean, I think Jack has always seen Faye as like a familiar personality to Jack. You know, she and Jack in, in many ways are the same personality. They push through things. They don't go around things, whether it causes damage or not. I guess, Faye, darling, I have a question for you. And it's only a question that you and I can totally appreciate. And perhaps it'll be funny and perhaps it won't. But as we are doing dishes, something that I've don't think I've ever done before, and my fingers are doing something weird. I think they call it wrinkling. Um, I'm going to ask you. I call it pruning. Pruning? Pruning. I think we do that with trees, but I'm not sure. Um, I have people for that. Anyway, my question is this. Of all the people in our small group, you and I seem to be the most decisive, the people that don't think twice and jump in. I have always been that way my entire life, and I do suspect that you are the same. Thinking after you're in the hole rather than before you've jumped into it and then figuring out how you're going to get out. So my question to you is is more of an interesting one. We play sort of a game. If there was a time in your life that you wish more than ever before that you had not jumped in the hole and you had thought first, and it can be fun, it can be horrific, it can be whatever you want it to be, what would that time be? Uh, he grabs uh, grabs a cloth and starts washing a dish and over-accentuating to make it look like he's earning his keep. Faye laughs at um what he's doing. I, I guess she's probably rinsing or drying um, the dishes. So she just thinks for a moment. She just goes, so did I ever tell you that I was a debutante back in New York? Jack drops a plate. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that thing shattered like nobody's business. I, that's amazing. I, 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 I'm so sorry, Charles. I'll pick that up. Um, <laughs> debutante? I, my dear, I pictured you as many things. Attractive, fun, enjoyable to tease, dangerous at times. But debutante is never one of the things that would have ever crossed my mind. I'm not sure if I should cave that to my grave as my greatest <laughs> secret or if I want to scream it off the front of the ship. The prow, as Ella calls it. <laughs> Do tell. Oh, I'd love to. So um, I- I've talked about my mom before. Um, she passed away when I was 10. And when she passed away, my grandparents were still alive. And I think I've told you before, my my mom's family is from older money, you could say. Well-to-do people. Mm. They tolerated my dad. But my dad didn't really come from a ton of money. So they always look down on him but when after my mom died and it was just me and my dad my grandparents were trying to I guess it was their way of trying to keep my mother's memory alive or just try to feel just no they, they were doing things for me I think so that they wouldn't feel guilt over abandoning their granddaughter but truth be told I really didn't have much in common with my grandparents But when I was of age, my grandmother wanted me to debut into society. Quite frankly, I didn't want to do it. 
my father was indifferent. He said, you know, it'll make everyone happy. Just go for it. So there I was in that big dress, miserable out of my mind. My hair was so, there were so many pins in my hair and they were just stabbing my head. And I did not want to go at all. I was standing in our kitchen and there was a large punch bowl for a gathering that my grandparents were going to have. An after party, if you will. I thought, this is my ticket. This is my ticket out of here. I spilled that entire punch bowl on the front of my beautiful white dress. Oh dear. It splashed on the floor. It got on the family cat. It was a giant mess and my grandmother came rushing in and she looked at the dress and she just started crying and at first I thought this makes no what what's wrong it's a dress like oh no great we have to go find Faye another dress and then she looked at me and said that was what your mother wore to her debut I ruined something that I had left of my mother because I didn't want to go through with something. And I thought, what better way? I didn't, you know, think to communicate. Didn't I could have played sick. I could have, I could have had a headache. They wouldn't have known, but I saw the punch bowl and I said, that's it. Perfect. Now, have there been other times in my life where I've run headfirst into things that were dangerous and I've almost gotten killed? Yes. But that, I think, was the first moment where I was a very rambunctious child. I find that very hard to believe. I know. it's Grinning ear to ear. I gave my father a real run for his money. We would have made quite a, to quote your American author, Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. I myself uh, made a fine art of disappearing. Disappearing, huh? Well... School's boring. There were things to kill, you know. Play with friends. Oh, I, explore. I definitely understand. I, after my mom died and my dad was traveling a lot for work, it's, I would just go with him. I was educated by tutors and I stopped going to regular school around the time that I was 12. And I just did homeschooling after that. But the world always called. I love traveling. I still do. Much better than sitting in a classroom. Absolutely. There are a few things as boring as a classroom, I will say. And there's many more things to learn in the wide world. Absolutely. I think that's the best way to learn. Well, I would agree that your choice of death to buy dress probably broke your grandmother's heart. But I think on the grander scheme of things, she probably still loved you. In her own way. Interesting. Probably? Well, it's not a given, Keeper. It's never a given. Man, you were raised in a tough house. <laughs> you've, met my, spills, you've met my father. You know the hell I grew up in. So, someone spills a punch ball on their dress. Well, she probably still likes you. <laughs> There's a chance of redemption. I guess, maybe. All right. So, day eight and nine. Uh, Jack, you want to make one more roll for weather for me? Sure. 83. Oh, Christ, what is that? <laughs> no! Sleet and Sleet. stormy seas. Oh, Jesus H. Christ. Right. 
Forty foot no, no, swells. No. Now, now you're starting this tonight. You can feel it. Tonight you can feel it a lot. Like it's it's the kind of night that if you've never been out to sea during a storm, you don't get any sleep tonight. This is the one where things are sliding off desks. This is the kind of storm where if this is a this is Catherine Ross is handing out pamphlets on how to deal with exposure if you're in the water. The, the um, five V's of uh, being at sea: vomit, 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 <laughs> and more vomit. The five. V's I thought of we all. Yeah, I thought we all agreed on the five D's of drowning. So, um, I would Cap- like to point out. Wait a minute. I'd like to point out that I mentioned my pamphlet. I never got to talk about my pamphlet. Catherine's pamphlet is quite simple. There is one D of um, drowning. The pamphlet's very simple. Don't drown. Um, how not to drown? <laughs> Swim! Damn it! Boom! <laughs> Tread water. Repeat. Swim! Damn it! <laughs> Doggy paddle for your life. Yeah, the captain. So this this heavy rain on and off. You had a little bit of a um, couple days of swells and, and winds. So it it churned something up. Captain is not overly panicking. He's an old sea an old old sea dog. Um, been through this kind of thing before. The some of the younger crew members little bit more nervous, but not in panic mode. Right? We don't hit panic mode until. The last five percent of the dice throw, right? That's Listen, the we're one past where... the Cape of Good Hope, so that's a like something, right? Because that that's a big crazy. deal. That's yeah. a big, big deal. Yep. Yeah. This is the time, Ella, where you've come. You have been up and about on deck, and you're in the hallway, and there's Catherine. Oh, why this conversation? Because Catherine <laughs> only made an approach. No one approached Catherine yet. So this is the uh, this is your turn to do your approach. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Think through it. Glory. Everybody had an approach. Right. Now, Ella probably the doesn't one want person to talk to me during right. a storm. During a storm that you may have conjured. So the, oh, let's back up from that. So <laughs> let's not go down that road. The uh the dice throw is just magnificent because it's it's you. I mean, this is this is one. Um you have in your mind. And you don't have to do this. Okay. But you do have in your mind the fact of what happened during your solo adventure. Oh. And some of the things that you did at that point to get things going. I, Lauren, you are throwing your hands around like you are trying to I don't like want to swim. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, so I try I'm to confide not... in her and I'm feeling like I'm going to be rejected. So <laughs> No, no, I'm not talking about the ritual. I'm talking about the gift. Like a ghosted Tinder date. The gift? The gift. What you gave. Oh. Uh, Now, maybe that's playing on you. If you don't want to go there, you can ask Catherine anything else. But if you you feel that this is a good time to discuss it, to get everything out in the open. I'm I'm just being clear. The the give is the the beating? No, 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 no. What did I give you? Wait. Yes, you gave a name. You I gave, gave a name. name. Yeah, I gave the name. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. So you could go that route, which is why I set you and Catherine up as the last conversation. Didn't know you're going to roll a storm roll. That was great. This is fabulous. Yeah. If, or you can ask Catherine anything else, maybe to try to build a little confidence. Or you can have part of your conversation of, you know, we need magic weapons to fight magic things and we need to get ahead. You pick how you want to approach it, Kayla. But you, Catherine is literally, she's just gotten out of the out of the shower. 
because there is you can shower once every several, several days on this kind of a boat quick five minute showers and she's coming out so she's in a she's in a long terry kind of robe something that would have been you know somewhat absorbent her hair's wet she's got her her loofah and you know her, she's wearing slippers and she's kind of dodging left and right across the across the hallway trying to hold on to the handrails perhaps i should here, perhaps this is not the best time to proceed with the discussion because she is na- wet and naked if you're ever going to approach Cat, if you're ever going to approach Catherine Ross in a moment when she can't fight back properly, it's when she's in a robe. All right, the, unless she's willing to strip down and go f- and go full commando wrestling match, which I she's giving me the eye like she might. I mean, you you have an advantage. You're clothed. She's you know she's just, but she's walk trying to walk back to her cabin. She sees you, realizes this is the only way to her cabin, and just keeps coming because she looks and goes. The other hallway leads me back to the galley. I, I can't just, even get to my room. I cannot help but hear in my head the whole time of hearing the storm and hear like an overdubbed sea voice going, It were a rainy, stormy night. <laughs> the night that Catherine and Ellen went each other with the tools on deck in the storm. It, it was a dark day. <laughs> um, so, Ella, I'll let you approach this however you want. You have three ways you could go, right? Questions like everybody else, a little bit of a confessional. Or setting up your big meeting tomorrow morning. What do you want to do? Ah, uh, Catherine, do, do you need any assistance getting back? Uh, you seem a little shaky. Um, had a decent amount of gin with Jack. The sea's a bitch today. No, I'm fine. Uh, I'm, I'm good. I can handle myself. Right. Are you oh. gonna hit the? Sh- are you gonna hit the shower? Oh no, I, I did that this morning before the storm came. Did you exfoliate? You look like you got dry skin. The water uh, uh, quality here is really bad. I think they just pump in seawater. I um, I I have to be honest. I don't have an expo- exfoliant. That that is not something I thought to bring on this trip. That's not very sensible. And she just keeps walking. Good talk. <laughs> as well as I can imagine any conversation going, because I'm not gonna. I I, I can't tell her about the freaking thing. I can't when she's this moody. <laughs> That's this moody? Worst, this is the worst night to tell her that fact. The, you I, think, you, for a moment you think a steam pipe has burst when you hear, and it's actually Catherine exhaling with complete joy that this conversation went as quickly as it did. And she's being thrown left and right down the hall. She's kind of like, Oh God, I got out of that. But don't let it go, Ella. This is the time. She, it's, it's late at night. The, sh- no. you know, the ship's being tossed about in a storm. You may not live to tomorrow. You don't want to, you know, this may be the time, the only time you can reach out to Catherine and make that human connection. Look, honestly, you know what Ella's going to do? I'm sorry, Keeper. I have to kind of hijack this for a second. I'm going to go grab that bottle of gin and I'm going to knock on her cabin door about 20, 30 minutes after the fact. Okay. Catherine does, do, I mean, uh, Lauren, does Catherine do similar to your ritual is, where she stands uh, I there was, for 20 I was minutes a, and air dries? I was about to ask, is Faye in the room? Uh, at this time of night, Faye is probably now in the room, yes. Damn it. I can be there. No, you know what? Faye's not there. Why? Faye's at the Sunday <laughs> bar with Vadim and <laughs> Because it's important that these No, it's, you know what? We'll make it easy. I request, I'm going to have a shower. I requested that Faye not be there when I get back so I can do my evening routine. 
Okay. I'm going to go drink with the boys. Please go do that. Go away. All right. So, Ella, you knock on the door with a bottle of gin. Do not come in. (laughs) Faye, you said you'd give me half an hour. It's not Faye, darling. Um, It's Ella. Oh, don't come in. Don't, don't, do not open the door. I've brought booze. Give me a second. throw the door open. (laughs) Do not open the door. Give me a second. You hear rummaging. Wouldn't dream of it, darling. Everybody, I don't want this fact broadcasted, but I need, it's the only time of day that I get to relax, it's after my bath, and I have a system, I have a routine, I'm not wearing any pants, God, what, ugh, she throws the door open, she's hastily put on her, you know, button-up pajamas with little pants, hair's still soaking wet, what? I have brought this large, large bottle of gin as a peace offering. What'd you do? Why do you assume that I did anything? Peace offering could imply, hey, I just want to mend some old bridges. Not, I did something bad, here's some booze to butter you up. The amount of times that people have used the term peace offering and presented alcohol to another person that they have had an antagonistic relationship with often implies that something has been done. Not, hey, I'd like to build some bridges. Look, I could take the booze away if if the gesture is not according to your social radar, but I was hoping that we could have a drink and possibly discuss some things. If you have a weird mole, I will take a look at it. You don't have to put up this pretense. (sighs) Can you just accept the fucking booze and let me in? That's better. Thank you. Get inside. So she cracks open the bottle, takes the, takes it. I don't, I'm not assuming there are glasses, but she's like, have you got a drinking cup of some sort? Or we can use the cap. I have the cup that I was drinking red wine out of earlier. I'm guessing gin and red wine don't go well together. I'll wash it right out. Slosh a little (laughs) around. It'll be fine. I'm sure. One of us can have the bottle, one of us can have this dirty glass. I'm assuming you wish that I have the dirty glass. No, I'll take the glass. What? Th- this is... Okay. What What did you want to talk about? Just slosh back a few of these first, please. Because I feel this is the only way we're actually going to talk to one another. She pours herself a glass and takes a sip. Go on. Ella takes three swigs. Fair enough. <sighs> I am not as much of a gin fan as I was back when I was in my youth. How youth are we talking? Because that would explain some things. My father runs a pub. He let me drink some things. Oh. Off tap, I prefer a good dark Guinness. She's very, she's just playing with her hands right now, takes more gin, pours some for you, and goes... I've been thinking a lot about what you said when we were at, um, Faye's house back in New York a couple weeks ago. Oh? Yes, oh. You called me a martyr. Because I felt like you act like one. Do you care to elaborate further before I do the humane thing and explain a counter-argument? Uh... The road to hell is paved with good intentions. And 
I think that you keep throwing yourself into these situations and insisting upon these situations that could have the potential to be really fucking screwy. And I don't think I'm ever going to, you know, put my feather in the hat of, yeah, let's do the thing. Because the risks don't outweigh the positives. And you insisting on, you know, not listening to everyone say, no, 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 no. Or we're scared. Or please don't do that. Or another way. It's really, it feels like, it feels like a form of martyrdom. Well, we need to get past that feeling for you because it's not going to get any better from here. I don't think you can tell me how I'm supposed to be feeling. I'm not saying you don't have a right to feel the way you do. I'm saying as bluntly as I can so that there's no misconceptions between us. There's no way you're going to beat Chakotal with your sawed-off shotgun. You can't dope him up, knock him out, and beat him to death with a baseball bat. Those are the Catherine Ross methods. You take things on in a logical, mathematical, precise, surgical manner. You take healing with a grace and a stringent form of reality, uh, for lack of a better analogy, because it's what you know. I know things about the mystical, the not physical, forms of this world. And what I could not say back then is that you have resented me from it since the day we met, because I had to relive Aveline's death. You couldn't look at me for days, honestly, and I don't blame you. It was not something I tend to enjoy doing, but it brought knowledge. So did every other reading I've done, so did The Worm. It told us, it warned us that Sid was still alive, even if we could not comprehend it. And you think the risks outweigh the pros? Well, I have not brought about a demonic possession. I have not done anything to warrant such anger. But you have resented my gifts from the day one. And I'd like to move past that. Because we are not going to stop this thing with grit and bullets. Then how about this? How about if, if that's truly the case? then clearly the rest of us are out of our fucking element and the the normal people can sail home. <laughs> how, about th- how about that? How about, you recruit, how about you recruit a bunch of your culty friends and then you take it on if, if you're so... I, I don't... You're I'm not normal anymore, Catherine. It chose you. It chose Faye. It's now put its eyes on Vada. I'm never going to join you in this hellish crusade that you're insistent upon, okay? It's not going to happen. Someone has to put my foot... Someone in the group has to put their foot down. So you would... So how do you plan on stopping Chakotal? What forces are you going to use? Forces? I'm a human being, Ella. I'm going to use the forces of a human being. A human being to defeat a god. We're all probably going to die. We're all probably going to die. Okay. And then what? Chakotal roams free because we were woefully underprepared? Because us humans cannot physically destroy a god? Is then that what? where your logical brain is going? Then what are we doing? 
then what are we doing? We have been given signs time and time again that we need to accept that we are chosen. That we have now, we have different resources available to us besides what you deem normal. This, what you don't understand, Catherine, is that this is normal. This is how the world was made. Magic is involved side by side with you. You just haven't seen it until this past few months. What do you want from me? Why did you come to me with this out of all the people? You're never going to get... I don't know if we're ever going to be friends, Ella. I don't understand why you came to me with this. Because I'm the person who's going to fight you on every step of the way. I don't want to speak with dark entities. I don't want to dive into the unknown and look death in the face and turn out like Oslin and have my, you know, my brain turn to goo. And I don't want to turn in- why do you think that happened? Because we weren't prepared. We had nothing. No, he was a little boy who looked out a window and saw something that he shouldn't have seen. And you want us to befriend this shit? Reach out to it? Adopt sh- None of us are prepared! What do you want to do? Arm me with some magical, like, woo-woo blade so I can swing it around and g- do God knows what? Would you rather go into a surgical room with a stick, a muddy knife, and no... At medicine, or would you rather be in a fully equipped surgical suite at a hospital? You've been in the- I know you. You've been in the war. You saw what you had to work with. Would you rather have saved more lives because you had the right equipment available to you? Or do you want more people to die because you refuse to look at it any other way than your own? I don't think- I don't think this is an appropriate analogy. A clean scalpel doesn't have- like, uh, she she goes in her bag and grabs a scalpel. This versus a kitchen knife? It's vastly different than what you're proposing. You, you have to understand that. I get that you're trying to use an analogy to make this more relatable and to hopefully get me to see your point of view. But anyone can pick up this if they know how to use a kitchen knife and be reasonably effective. It'll get the job done. And you could protect yourself if you just gave it a chance. There are forces in this world that are not dark, that are not evil. We've just run into the bad ones. But we're constantly being pushed around by the dark forces, by people who wish to play with such evil, because we choose to turn our backs away. You choose to turn your back. This is not all on me, Catherine. Then turn and face. Then turn and face it. Turn and face it for the group. But you can't ask the- I cannot do it alone either. Go away, please. I I don't- This isn't going to be solved in one night. I don't want to continue having this conversation with you. Catherine opens the door to the cabin. At that point, I'm assuming, right? Also, Faye would probably like her bed. So, please. If you want to continue this discussion, we can do it as a group. It shouldn't just be on me to all of a sudden take your hand and walk and hop, skip, and jump down the lane with you about this. This was, I don't know why you came to me. Because out of all the people in this group, you are the one that, as you say, despises what I do the most. So you came to your biggest adversary first? I don't get you. I can't have people who don't believe that what I'm doing is for the right reasons. And clearly, 
you think all I care about is the wrong reasons, because why would I be here if I did not have ill intentions? Because Catherine, with, with, all the, I... with all the stuff that's happened from Mueller and the things that you've seen along the way, you don't, and the fact that Schoolie's pendant, you know, the one that there was tokens given to Faye and then she needed to be healed of the, the mud coughing and all this stuff. Catherine has yet to make any connection that there could be protective as well as offensive. I'm just asking because what Ella's presenting is if we can build a defensive position, if we can go forward a little bit more aware as opposed to being caught off guard all the time, this stuff won't be as scary. Does Catherine can't fathom that? Is that is that what you're getting to? I mean, and that's fine. That's what you're playing. And I don't care. Not I'm asking. With, not with the way it was presented now. Not okay. with the way that this conversation went. Okay, but it's but as a as but you think there is a is there anything in Catherine's head that would allow her to grasp onto? Do you see any way that do, can Catherine not get to the point in her head where? This thing is, you know, 300 feet tall and we're going to need something else. And you're right. You're, you're humans. But humanity is all you got, right? I mean, you, you, so you need to scope out these. If there's items of power that will potentially weaken the veil to let it through, can Catherine, does Catherine have a chance of understanding there could be items of power to protect as well? Could she see that one day? Or is that just going to be something you're going to have a problem with the whole, you know? the whole way because if it if it's just something you can't rationalize then this conversation going forward is just going to have to like you said be with the rest of the group i think the conversation needs to be with the rest of the group okay because I'm, I'm not faulting anything i'm asking no because like in her mind someone has to be rational the voice of reason yeah okay and you know and, and i'll say it again with my whole chest <laughs> like chest. I'll, I'll say it with my whole chest saying you know oh you're you're just a person like you're woefully unprepared like you're then what have i what the fuck have i been doing i've uprooted my whole life people have died like this is this is insane And you've saved people you've saved people that are willing to take this risk people who are aware enough who realize now that these things are out there once you once you see once you see the darkness you're gonna go past a lake in scotland and know there's that there's you know something living inside the water you're, you're aware now you you've you've cracked through that moment where people and just I'm, and write i'm not off. and i'm not gonna say thanks and i'm not gonna want to keep that's looking. not anybody's fault except you know fate just threw you into the situation and of course matthew no i was just asking as as the g as a keeper i want to know if this is something that we continue to rp through but if Catherine has no chance of ever seeing a defensive form of yeah, magic being protective like the worst no offense, but this is, like, the worst pairing to give it with, and I'm, like, literally that's the only thing she'd want to even, like, discuss with her, because it's, like, for the love of God. In Ella's head, it's, like, you're just being stubborn now to be stubborn. Understood. And Catherine feels that Ella should have, you know, Ella's being Ella. So uh, th there's nothing wrong with the conflict, and there's nothing wrong with the characters coming at it this way. I'm, I was just asking for the future role-playing this out, is this a conversation that everyone has without Catherine in the room? Because Catherine may never budge. And as the player, you can let me know. No, no, listen, Catherine's starting to see. You know, I can see that there's problems and we're going to need help. I'm, I'm just, you know, it, no, it is I, what it is. It's, she can't wrap her head around this point. Like, like, what are we doing? Are, obviously, she doesn't know what video game characters are, but it's like, you know, oh my God, it's the shield of Gondor and I have a ring of blessing. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Okay. And and like 
and Ella keeps saying forces, forces beyond. Like we don't know. You don't know anything. You don't know anything. Forces. That sounds like bad juju, my guy. Sounds like bad news bears. So I'm not gonna be like, yeah. Okay. All right. Then we'll see what happens There's, next time. Uh, well, okay, wait. Ella, I, yep. She's. I'm not trying to make her have the last word. If Catherine wants to say something before slamming the door in her face, that's fine. She, as she's heading out the door, she just turns around, no animosity in her face. She's just, she looks almost defeated, and she's not trying to gain pity. It's just she does look defeated, like, God damn it, I can't get through to this person. But she says, you are not going to get rid of the Steiners through conventional means. I took care of the problem. That was using the resources that I know to defend each other. If you are going to reject every single idea that I have because you don't understand it, then study it. Study, learn, like you learn medicine. It may frighten you, but if, if you were just aware of it, even a little bit, perhaps you might see this from my perspective. Excellent. Okay. Good night. At least she said good night. She's just walked out. Okay. And that's where we'll stop for tonight. All right, gang. Um, we will pick up on day 10 in aboard the ship. And Ella will have her meeting with the rest of the crew. The rest of the team will find out what's going to happen there. We are almost halfway uh, through the cruise. The weather's been a little bit choppy at days, but it looks like we're going to be okay. Thought that was a lot of great information, and you guys did an amazing job just coming up with questions and letting people and yourselves kind of flesh out some more of these characters before we enter into Australia. So hats off to you guys. This was all about you tonight again. So great job. Thank you so much. Uh, like, share, subscribe, do all that stuff. Don't forget. Team, amazing job. Love you guys, and I'll talk to you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night, Keeper. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin MacLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.